Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Here with the guys. Of course, y'all know the deal. Tuesdays and Saturdays. One big announcement is that we're back on audio platforms. We went through this little phase and we're trying to get things situated, but we should be back on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Any place you find podcasts, we will be there starting this episode until the end of time. All right. So last time we talked to each other, it was the day before Mother's Day. I saw my boy P do some very inspirational, bro. What you do for Mother's Day? Pay mama's rent, man. Pay my mama rent. Um, uh, appreciate the acknowledgement. All y'all show love on social media. A lot of people show love. You know, it's it's just one of those things that uh, you know, it it, it feel good. Something as we all are men who uh, have close relationships with our with our mom. And me and my dad was talking yesterday, not even about that, but just like how somehow a boy and a mom's relationship is just something that's just like out of this world like mm. ever like even you know if you have a relationship with your dad like I, I do i'm close to my dad but it's just something that it can't compare to like your mom so um to be able to do something like that is always good and um i know a lot of people strive to do it and you know it's just a show you can do it too i mean i'm not kobe Bryant or lebron james we're not multi-millionaires or anything but you you know it, it, it's just something that people can can have hope for to do one day and um Every mother is deserving of it. I don't know a lot of mothers that don't deserve mm-hmm. that. And then the reaction, you know, the reaction is always priceless. Um, but yeah, that that was that was that. It was a good Mother's Day. Um, I spoke to y'all. It seemed like all y'all enjoyed y'all's. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Mother's Day personally. I just love seeing my timeline. It's like one of those days was just positivity. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see any negative retweets. Uh, I people you might know something have died. crazy about Mother's Day. It has the lowest crime rate out of every day of the year. I was just about to say that. Somebody might have died. I don't want to speak out of my ass, but I didn't see anything. Like, oh, he got shot up on 100 and blah, blah, blah. I didn't see nothing like that. Um, and then I'm a baseball guy, and usually on that day, if they play with the pink bats, we obviously didn't get it that day. But, yeah, like you said, there's no crazy negativity. There's nobody that got shot up a thousand times or any of that wild stuff we be hearing or – it just seems like it's cool. You look at the timeline and people just posting pictures of their moms and the babies and you mm-hmm. get these long, you know, messages and it's just real loving. And that's what, you know, we need in times like this today. Mm-hmm. How about y'all? How was y'all Mother's Day? I, I had a good great. Mother's Day. Yeah, it's always just good to give um, your mom that extra time, you know, because she, she does a lot for you. And uh like you said, it's just something different about your mom, you know? It's just, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if she's like your number one protector as a kid. So, like, as you grow up and you kind of understand your relationship, you feel like you almost you have the need to, like, you feel the need to give back. You see a lot of people be like, when I get, you know, my my money, I want to buy my mom a house. I want to buy my mom a car. Like, it's just something about that relationship. But just giving, I love just giving my mom the extra time because, my mom is one of those per- people that she loves to try to do everything by herself. So me just trying to like, I don't know, do the dishes for, you know, fill a car up with gas, some stuff like that. It just makes her day. And the reaction, like Pete said, is priceless. <clears throat> yeah. It seems like with moms, if you can do simple stuff, they just, it makes them joyous. Mm-hmm. So like, and I feel like Mother's Day, this Mother's Day to me was probably my best Mother's Day, like giving back to her. Like, I felt like I really mm-hmm. went above and beyond for her this year because I actually had the money this time. And, okay, what and you the best, you know, I gave her some flowers yeah, and a car. Great. No, I gave her like a car with money in it okay. and uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of flowers. Then I know y'all saw the snap me telling her she can get whatever shoes she wants. Like, I got a mm-hmm. two pair of shoes. Hey. I think I- 
But and she, last she night she was just getting pictures of him. No. What type of shoes she ended up getting? The Vans. Okay. Van- yeah, no. oh, okay. Bro. Ain't nothing wrong with no no Vans. No, nothing wrong with no Vans. But yeah, y'all said everything, man. Mother's Day's great. Got to FaceTime mom, uh, grandma, aunts. You know, just talk to all the mothers in my life, stepmom, everybody. So, yeah, man, Mother's Day is... Mother's that's, Day's the most, Mother's that's the thing I realized is even more valuable than money. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. We are in a position where we can do things financially. Even if it ain't always paying the rent, your mom just might want some shoes. Or she might, you know, if you just want to pay the, the cable. Right. right. My, my mom... My mom. My mom loves just asking me, like, can you go get my nails? The nail shop is closed, but she loves, like, the little stuff. Like, can you go get my nails done? Can you pay for it? You know, something like that. So mm-hmm. just those type of little things, that shit will make her day, I promise you. But for the people that's watching that may not be, you know, in a position of, uh, like us because they're younger or they're not supposed yeah. to, you know, young kids are going to always put a bunch of pressure on themselves to try to, you know, it's probably some 16-year-olds that want to do what we're doing as a grown man and probably beating themselves mm-hmm. up but something that's more valuable than, than the money or whatever is time. Like it's just watching a movie with your mother or, you know, driving with her to the grocery store, those type of things I also mm-hmm. see are very important. And because of the quarantine or whatever, my mom works from home. I obviously work from home. That little time, like last night, we're just watching a movie on BT and it's just priceless. Like those are moments mm-hmm. when, you know what I mean? When I'm in New York or we're having to do something for work or we're in Vegas, you know, and I'm missing my mom, I'll be able to cling on to just those little moments. And, and those things are priceless. So I think they enjoy that too. Um, but we here for can, basketball. Wait, wait, can I can I open up with the basketball story that I saw on The Athletic the other day? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, y'all know the Phoenix Suns. Y'all may have seen this story. But I Jason know the Jason Tatum story. Yeah, and I'm, before you start, I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. I wanted him to go there too, personally. Because I was, that was my guy in that draft class besides Zoe. So it was crazy to hear that, but... Here's a story for y'all that do not know. Y'all know the Phoenix Suns have been a bad team for many, many years. A lot of years of this uh, this current general manager, owner, Robert Sarver. He ain't... Robert Sarver, man, it's just showing with this story. So the story goes, Suns owner Robert Sarver, after Jason Tatum made his first 43-pointers in a pre-draft workout, said, That's nice. What else can you do? He preferred Josh Jackson, noting that the Suns did not need another Devin Booker. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we know, as we know, Jason Tatum ended up going third, and they had the fourth pick, so they would have to trade up to make it happen. But it's all in the vision. They didn't even he didn't even care about Jason Tatum. Coach Earl Clark, I mean, or not Earl Clark, Earl Watson, um, was like, "We love this guy. Like, I love this guy. Uh, he's played with some of the best shooters of all time." And for a guy to come in, and they said he immediately took a three. He didn't work his way back to the three even warm ups. He immediately took a three and hit forty in a row. Earl Watson saw immediately that Jason Tatum was the real deal, but instead Robert Sarver wanted Josh Jackson, and it's just like. A lot of things could be different. Again, like they would have had to move up to get him, but still, the fact that he saw Josh Jackson as a better pro player than Jason Tatum in the long term tells you everything you need to know about the Phoenix Suns. And you know the crazy thing about that is like, for me personally, for me personally, I I just think some things are kind of mind-blowing. Like, I, I don't know in a million years how you thought Josh Jackson was better than Jason Tatum. I literally don't. And I know hindsight is 2020, but even then, I can't. I don't know one thing that defensively maybe he gives you the edge, but mm-hmm. shit, he didn't really do shit defensively in the NBA. Yeah, 
I mean, he has the upside, but Josh Jackson literally hasn't done anything. I, I just don't see where you where you started it. And I was going going back and forth with people on Twitter because the Jimmy Fredette thing popped up. And I was saying, like, damn, I can't believe the Kings fell for it. And a lot of people was like, what do you mean they fell for it? They had it. And it's like certain things that you see in basketball at, at the college level, just you should just know it doesn't translate. Like, you have to be able to identify talent and not look at a box score. Because, I mean, the way Jimmy Fredette played, it's just like – he doesn't handle the ball. He's shooting from far, and he doesn't have the size to play sh- shooting guard. So I mean, like, there's no way in hell he was gonna be able to come to a team and, and, and be able to dribble the ball up the court and just flat out shoot the ball like that. It's just what it wasn't gonna work like that. Then you can't play him like JJ Reddick because he doesn't have the size or the athleticism that even JJ has. So yeah, I, I just I don't know how how people can can have that. And that kind of reminds me of the Bears. Watson said the Bears never talked to him. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, that's that shit blew me when I saw that report. <laughs> you know, Doug Gall have been showing and pulling up clips with Watson said, you know, that he did talk to him. So I don't know, but it's just like some things. It's just kind of wild how I I don't know how people. I mean, they they history were drafting like Dragon Bender, Josh Jackson, like people like them. I don't know. It's kind of. Yeah, it, it makes sense when you hear these type of stories because it's just they weren't good at drafting in the first place. So it, evaluating it, talent, even last year, it's just it seems like they prefer the they prefer the projects more than the better player, right? Like Josh Jackson coming out of college, he was more of a project because he just wasn't a great scorer, right? He was known for his athleticism and, and being a good mm-hmm. defender. And even then, then he have a bunch of off the court issues going on too about him going like yeah. to some concerts and doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. And Dragon Bender was always seen as a as a project. He was just supposed to turn into Dirk one day. But it, like they just prefer <laughs> that over the player that's already good and can get better. It just doesn't really make much sense. You know, um mm-hmm. seems they, like they think too hard. I think so too. Because even then, when you think about the DeAndre Aiden, though DeAndre Aiden has a good career trajectory, I think he's going to be really good. Um, they overthought it, right? The best player in that draft was Luka Doncic. And even the current coach um, knew that because he was he was the goddamn coach of Luka Doncic, right? So even the current coach knew that, but they thought a little bit too hard. It's like, hmm, we already got Devin Booker, so we don't need another player that needs the ball in his hands. When in reality, when you're in a sun situation, you should probably just draft the best guy available and figure things out later. You suck right now. Just get a good, get another good mm-hmm. player. And it just don't make much sense. That's why Boston. I think Devin Booker and Luka would have worked. Yeah, facts. I think so too. Hell yeah, would have worked. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why the Celtics are in a good place. They drafted two wings. They had they they already had a wing and drafted another wing, and they didn't think, oh, my gosh, we already have a wing. Mm-hmm. No, no wings. No, you just get the best guy. <laughs> And if they're good, they gonna, the motherfuckers going to come together because you can have two of anything. You can have multiples of anything, and you just got to make them work. And if all fails, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? These are guys coming in at 19. You trade those motherfuckers. But yeah. I, I, I think it seems to me that they over they overthink a lot, even like what D-Mails highlighted last year. So to do the trades that they did and to be at 11 and draft Cam Johnson, yeah, it's mind blowing to me, especially when a guy like Brandon Clark is kind of exactly what they could have used or needed. It's just like, God, Lee, Cam Johnson would have probably been available at the 27th. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. At 11? Yeah, even his own teammate Kobe White probably got chances. <laughs> yeah. that, that shit right there just says everything. Like, I, yeah, I just think they overthink it, even with saying we already have a oh, Devin Booker. Like, that, what the fuck? 
obviously having one ain't enough. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they just overthink it a lot, and I and, and it's a shame because it seems like it seems like we if we go back in time and we look at the five of their drafts in the, in the last seven years, if they just hit on one, mm-hmm. just one, just one, we're looking at an entirely entire, entirely different team. Right. Entirely mm-hmm. the same. And I think the Dragon Bender year was the same. The year that they drafted him and then Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris, yeah, yeah. Because so when you say they think too much, Pete, I think well, they're trying to make the like this pick so right that it automatically puts them back into like they can start competing already. Which I think they just kind of need to take the slow route and see what what they really need. Because a lot of times what they do need, they skip over. That's true. That's true. That that that's a very good point. Um, you're definitely not going to rebuild no team off just draft picks of one pick right. and not, at least not instantly. So yeah, you might as well just find, you know, the best players and best talent like KB was saying. Um hey, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But when you look at that twenty sixteen draft, every single player that was drafted after Bender and Chris turned out to be way better than them. We had I, look Chris Dunn is a better player than both of those players. Buddy Hield is a better player. Jamal Murray is a better player. Jacopoto is even a better player. Sabonis, Torian Prince like they had so many different options. Dejounte Murray went like twenty ninth to thirty to the Spurs in that draft. Karis Levert at twenty, Malik Beasley at nineteen, Pascal Siakam at twenty seven. Like like you like we said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Malcolm Brogdon, Rookie of the Year that year, went twenty sixth. But man, so much could be different with just one different draft. One yeah, different hindsight draft. is twenty twenty. But still, we can't even say that for them because. Y'all, y'all took two motherfuckers. Literally, that's almost hard to do. Yeah. And then they didn't play the same position. When they came in the league, small ball wasn't as highlighted, so Marquise Chris came in as a power forward. Dragon Bender was a power forward. No way in hell you thought you were going to play him as small forward. So it was like, y'all could have just took Bender and then was like, you know what, just for the sake of not drafting uh, two power forwards, Let's uh let's go and get fucking Harris the Verta. So I don't know, I, right. but it's just yeah they they I, 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 none of the excuses fit them. They're everything. They're just bad. I was trying to say make it. <laughs> they just bad man. Yeah. They just bad. Um, I know we're gonna talk about Jordan y'all. Um, but to spice things up, I also created a game. Okay. And uh, you know they have a game. I know all y'all seen it. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My game is called Who Wants to Be a Jordanaire? Okay. It's 12 okay. questions. Uh, they're A, B, C, D. One guy misses, another guy gets the opportunity, but that's it. Only two guesses per question. Um, because I don't want it to be where three motherfuckers get it wrong and the only answer is D and the one guy get a lucky right, right. point. Um, but we can do that after we talk about the doc, um, because it just I, yeah I'm just ready to talk about the doc man. What's up? What's up? What's up? Give me y'all feedback. Give me three. First of all, everybody give me three things that they took away. Three things that that highlighted and stood out to y'all um, from the Jordan doc. Whoever ready to go first, y'all y'all go ahead. Um, um, well, I, I'm gonna start off. I think this these like partner episodes. I think they're my favorite so far. And the reason why is just because it kind of highlights how much comp- uh, a competitor was or MJ was. And I think that's my first takeaway is that MJ 
as as much as he is the go to basketball. I think he was a, more of a competitor than he, or he loves competing more than he loved the basketball. If that makes any sense. Um, and it, it's funny because I know I, I kind of thought started thinking that when he had left um, the Bulls and he he went to go play baseball, and he. I mean, he was all right, but he wasn't like the people that was he was competing with. And I seen your tweet. He was like, I, I really don't know how people thought he could he could bat like a two, what do you have like a two hundred two batting average? Yeah, it was two hundred two. And like yeah. the double A's, just as a bat, gonna make it. And I understand it's just Jordan thing. Yeah. Jordan Doc, it's all Jordan love. But just mm-hmm. as a baseball guy that I am yeah. in my hardcore, I can't sit there and 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 pretend that how they did it. Like they they mm-hmm. took Jordan hit a two hundred. As if that was some magnificent, magnificent shit. Right. You know I mean, what? they they made it look like it though. But but the reason why I say like it was just him being a competitor is just because he worked for that. Like you saying that that's not the good. Like he worked up to that. You know, after that uh, thirteen hitting streak he had or whatever. So that's what I kind of took away from that baseball aspect. Because it was Michael Jordan, he saw a lot of yeah. fastballs. That's the easiest pitch to ever hit. Right. Once that motherfucker started hitting them, them just straight fastballs, and motherfuckers gave him curves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what i i kind of understand what they were doing though because as they mentioned like he didn't play baseball for 15 years from the age of 17 all the way up to the age of i think he was 31 32 to not pick not play any form of baseball from fucking high school and then immediately get thrown in the professional level obviously he's not mlb but though he's still playing with pros you know and hitting 202 i think it's kind of impressive but it definitely ain't he definitely weren't one no, out there not. doing crazy stuff, but it is impressive to drop something for 15 years and pick it back up and not be all right. Yeah, and that's why I say hit. All right, man. He had a little bit more time. He'd been on a major. Not, no, he would not have been. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> show that a two or two bad average. Sure, if you want to find a way to be impressed with it because it's Mike, go ahead. That's all fine. Mm-hmm. But to sit there and talk about it at that level, no, I can't condone it, it- because I'm a baseball guy. Hell no. It was impressive that he brought in 50 runs, though. The 50 runs bringing in is impressive. I will say that. The RBIs, yeah. I guess, you know. But I want people to understand, batting 200 means that you're hitting, you're getting two hits every 10 at-bats. Hey, he started off hot and he finished hot. Every at And if you go look, you look at them strikeouts. That motherfucker was striking out. But I understand mm-hmm. it's Jordan phenomenon. Everybody going to pretend everything he did was just – he was going to be the next King Griffey. That's how they talked about it to me. They just talked about it at a level where it was just out of this world. He could have gone. He was going to go. It's like, bro, he's already 30-some years old. He's just getting away from basketball. Just let it be that. We don't have to – me and my my homies call it throwing sauce on it. You don't got to throw no extra sauce on it. Did what he did. That's why I say that, like, that competitor part of him is just so ridiculous, bro. Like, the fact that he won three championships in a row was like – like it's not really nuts to me. Like there's no more challenges. I'm gonna take take you know go play baseball. Basically give y'all some time to catch up with me so I can come back and bust y'all ass. Like that that's just some shit you don't hear about. You know. What other two things you think Um, another thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, the competitiveness. I I'm kind of. I'm, I'm mixed feelings with Scottie Pippen. Sometimes I feel like he he doing the right thing, even if even if it's the wrong thing. But when he set out for that 1.8 seconds, I'm like, damn, Scotty. I, I know you're the best player. And you want that shot, but you gotta you gotta sometimes put the team above yourself. You, they, he hit the shot. You know, he hit the shot. Every and, time I, uh, play, I just shake my head at Scotty, man. And I think it's yeah, a bro. YouTubers that did a, a video on that. If I'm, 
Like, I just feel like that's something. I feel like I learned about that on YouTube, like from YouTube basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, here's something right. they didn't about Scotty. Some shit. I feel like I heard. I seen it all. Uh, and what else, Mike? Your last one. Just I'm, I'm just asking for three things. You ain't got to give me the whole breakdown. I'm just saying, what's three things that you took away from, from these episodes? Mm. A little part or a moment. I did not know. This is actually I kind of learned something a little bit different. This kind of goes in with um, Michael Jordan and his dad's relationship. I forget which teammate it was. It may have been like I forget. Any, anyways, he was basically saying that, um, believe it or not, that MJ's dad had a closer relationship, kind of with some like with his teammates and Jordan himself. And that's not to like kind of throw salt on their relationship, but it's just that Jordan's dad was just always around the practice facility, you know. And especially I think when he saw that commitment and all and these other players, you know, he was willing to give a helping hand. He said that. You know, if he's seen you taking shots late, he might, you know, make a conversation with you and start rebounding and stuff like that. So um, that was just a little small takeaway I got. Demeter's okay. So what I learned. So I was shocked to see that Steve Kerr swung on Jordan first. That that threw me off because I didn't know that that happened. Me and my dad had this conversation. That's why I asked y'all. And that's one of the ones I gave him. I've always heard the story of Jordan hitting him, but I never knew that Steve did that either. I was shocked too. Yeah. I thought Steve Kerr just got his ass rocked. But <laughs> he, if you yeah, if you come and hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. Like I'm a grown ass. That's crazy that he that Jordan got so much underneath Steve Kerr's skin that practice that he just made him turn into a person that he's not. That just shows you how much Jordan pushed his teammates to what sometimes they just they didn't know how to handle it. And you could see he pushed Steve over his breaking point. Steve even said, like, I'm not even that competitive. Yeah. You know what's crazy, though? A lot of those teammates, they say, like, after those practices or just, like, after that whole experience, they realize just how much more, like, that made that team better and made them play- better players, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was, like, Luke Longley talking about it. Or not Luke Longley. One of them. Could y'all, have- like, um, Could y'all be on a basketball team where a guy held y'all that accountable? I, I know. Right. I know it's easy to say, yeah, but yeah. Sure. No, answer that question. No, answer that question because, like, the what I'm gonna say next, I think it kind of highlights part of that, though. Oh, my bad. Like, no, 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 no. Y'all can answer that question though, but like, would y'all rather have a teammate like that that holds y'all like just more than accountable? But he's gonna be on y'all ass twenty four seven. Like, you can't do shit almost wrong. I think everybody so. can't play with that. I, I, I know. I think so, especially if, if our end goal is the same, which in most cases it was right. was right. Like that team was built to try to win a championship. Mm-hmm. So if we if we go to like any other aspect of life, like I always want to try to be the best I can at it. And if Jordan is helping me do that, hell yeah, by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. I don't but then you also see in the documentary that he wasn't necessarily a hard ass to all of his teammates you just had to show him or get his respect like with Steve Kerr right Steve Kerr stood up for mm-hmm. himself and then they had a conversation and he wasn't really a hard ass with Steve Kerr no more because he showed himself right and he right. said with like the, the Scott guy was a Scott Burrell that he was waiting mm-hmm. for him to push back but he was too damn nice that was what he said he was too yeah. damn nice <laughs> so if, if if that means that I'm getting to the pinnacle of my success and, and Jordan being on my ass is getting there by any means, yes. I don't want the 12th man on the roster to try to do it to me because you have no saying to me, right? But if you're the best right. in the world at what you do and you can give me tips to help me be successful, hell yeah, sign me up. No, the reason yeah. I asked that, P, is because um, just another like perspective when you have a teammate like that is not – it just doesn't happen in practice or when y'all are going over film. Like, 
he he the example he had gave is you know Jordan gives us the game and Jordan was basically driving to the hole with four people on him and he had passed the guy the ball and the, and the guy bobbled it and you know he loses that possession and now Jordan is on your ass in front of 25,000 people and they know what exactly what he's talking about mm-hmm. and like you said some people can't handle that and they kind of fold underneath that pressure yeah 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 I've definitely had an experience with that y'all know Eric DeBose he was like he was the football mm-hmm. leader on varsity and I hadn't played football at all. So like I come there, he like immediately he on my ass about everything and he pushing me to try to be great. And like, he was that leader for me personally, like mm-hmm. how his, he was all up in Scott Burrell's ass and everything. I would say Dubose was doing the same thing. So Dubose was your like, Michael Jordan. That's, that's funny. Somebody sent this would, to him. I would have said that you, you would <laughs> and wouldn't be able to handle it because when we all play basketball together, us three hold your ass accountable and you fold. But then you go on another team where they don't say shit to you. They let you run up the, they let you walk up the court. You don't have to get back on defense, and you you brush your ass for them because they don't tell you nothing. I will never forget that moment at lifetime where we was all on teams together and us three. Mills, get back! Come on, bro, get back! Run, run, we run! We yelling at him to get back. He Walking, taking his time. Again, I don't think I want to play no more. I think I'm gonna sit down. They pick him up because he's he's now he go because he got energy because he set the game out. He meet the dude. Oh, I trained you. Trained me. I trained you. And <laughs> yeah. then they do. And they win because a wild homie hit like two threes off the backboard. Whatever. But not not even just that. But Derek would score, and I wasn't playing this game, and he would look over at me and like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I see yes, you. Bro. And I, I promise you, game. look. And I promise you. No, I wasn't playing that game. Yeah, no. he wasn't playing. But yeah, he just played with a whole different boom. And it's like. Defensively, too. He's not even a defensive guy, but he'll put effort on the defensive end, bro. Yep. And, and that's what be sticking out to me, because he don't do that with us at all. That game, he came out firing. Like, yeah. he probably scored their first, like, four or something. Then he had that, that D Mills moment where he'll come out, he'll come out hard, and then he'll have that middle portion of the game where he's exhausted. And I remember telling him at the end of the game, I got your ass because he was guarding. Oh, <laughs> I got your ass because you're tired. And then they slow because the guys he was playing with ain't no basketball players. They weren't even like paying attention. Like let's because if I'm on the team and D Mills score our first four or five, I'll, even if he tired, we're gonna slow down and let Big Fella get at least get a chance. Mm-hmm. They just gone. They, they ain't really know what the fuck they was doing. And luckily for them, who hit them backboard threes and D Mills hit like the last two shots for them to win the game, or whatever. But I was like. Just crazy. I, you, you I guess D- he needed a change of scenery. You tell D Mills to get back on defense, and he he just he act like you shot him in the face. He don't want nobody to tell him the truth. He wants to go back on defense, hold his hands on his hips, play pick and choose when he want to run, and he like that shit. He don't want nobody to hold him accountable. So I'm surprised, no, at that I, story, especially the boss. <laughs> I enjoy going against you too. You you fun to play against. Hell yeah, because I'm gonna talk shit to you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like a driving factor. That's like one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Of this whole documentary. And Mike, this made me think about you and Kyron from when we played 2K. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in the locker room. And D Mills, don't let me go off too long because I think you still got a two or one more to give. He's swinging the bat with a cigar in his mouth. And the NBA finals remind you. And he said... Yeah, Gary Payne was talking that shit. But the real character of a man, you judge him if he's able to talk shit when the score is even and not when he's up. And I'm like, that shit there hit me all up in here. 
because boy, boy, boy. Nah, I, I, I do that though. Up but listen, and zip it up when it's even. I'm like, nah, but the, yeah, but that's that's my thing that I love. Like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a person that talks shit, but I love talking shit when I can sense that fear. When I know that you feel like you on your heels, that's when I'm gonna start talking my shit. I'm, I'm, I want you to, I want you to be thrown off. But that's what he's saying. Of course, I talk shit when a motherfucker yeah. back people, they down eleven yeah. with fifty nine seconds left. Kyron yeah. does the same thing. Kyron will be quiet the whole game if he's on the phone. <laughs> then yeah. once he's up enough with a late, with, with no time, that motherfucker phone call in real quick. <laughs> that might come back, Daddy. Like, <laughs> hey, but Pete, that relates to the moment though. That's where we really see the biggest players though too though. Because you ever see, you ever watch a game and you see a team playing and they're up thirty, they hitting all the shots, they got all the momentum. But you see that same team in a close game against another good team. Now they kind of like oh they lost. They don't know what to do and, and they missing the easy shots that they normally do. I used to you have a I'm problem saying? with that with one team in particular, which was the mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers when they used to play the Warriors. Because right. they had guys like Cal Corver and all those guys, J.R. Smith, and they would hit. And J.R. Smith had his moments, I'm, and both mm-hmm. of them had their moments. But specifically, whenever they were winning and the game was done, them dudes was money. But whenever right. they were down six, seven in the fourth quarter and they needed those shots, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in Oracle, they were never, they were never there. Never but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When when you have the type of player that does, you know, stand up in those shots, we could take Michael Jordan for example, like. You you can see that in a player. Like you can see if they have that it factor. And one thing about Michael Jordan, he was gonna try to get that it out of you, which I really admired about him. Yeah, I just want to say that my fault, Mills. No, you good. So also another thing, Jordan also pushes teammates. I like that he said, I need to know that you're gonna be ready for the finals. If you can't handle what I'm doing to you right now, then you're not gonna be ready for the finals when the Knicks right. beating you up. Or like one of the other physical teams beating you up. Like I think that was a good motivator for him to try to like push his teammates to make sure he can count on them. Because if he yeah. know he can count on himself, but it's a team thing. And basketball is one of those things where everybody got to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then another thing for me is that B.J. Armstrong, when he put when he started talking shit to Jordan, and Jordan flipped the switch and he said, "I guess B.J. forgot what's our driving factor." And he lit their ass up. (laughs) All those times where, like, people are just talking shit to Jordan when they feel like they got him, like, you're just, you're just dumb, man. Like, leave that man alone. It's a death wish. Yeah, like, that literally drives him more than what it already is driving him. Like, you You don't want that. People would learn a lesson after a while. Like, you would see that maybe it's not a good idea, but it just seemed like Mm -hmm. it kept happening. Well, I ain't gonna say kept happening because we saw one of those times Jordan totally made it up. With- right, right, right. KB? George uh, Carl. Um, but George Carl did one accidentally when he walked past Jordan. And yeah. Jordan said, he ain't gonna speak see, to me. He just needed one he little just, thing, something small. Something yeah, small. That's what I say. For a dude that almost have like no challenges left because he's done so much shit, you need to find those little things. Like, even if a player respecting you, got to be like, man, this this dude think he on the same level as me. I'm gonna give him fifty. Like it, it's just those little things that gave him. Like I don't know. It's just you have to be a special type of player to be able to do that. I think we kind of like that as a podcast. You know, we we always look for what's the the little bit edge of what we can do to be better than than other podcasts or whatever. I, not that we sit around and be like, hmm, what can make us better than this particular podcast? But I just think even us. You know, keeping uh, two episodes a week during the off season when we know we have every right to just sit our ass down and be like, hey, we're going to see y'all when the season back. 
you know what I mean? Different shit like that, or just trying to formulate new ideas and segments and, 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 and things like that. Um, because what, honestly, I think a lot of people who would have gotten to our position and got real comfortable, in my opinion. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. But I feel like we always striving to take something, even like now in a quarantine, finding just different ways to, to give um, a product that, that can be entertainment. I, obviously, it ain't going to hit what it could hit if we were in a real season. Um, because of the things that happened today is the anniversary of the Kawhi shot that went doom, 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 doom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't top moments like that to be able to come back and talk to it, but just to be able to steal, because I don't feel like, you know, it, 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 I don't feel like in the last couple of weeks, we've had to really drag and pull our teeth for an episode. I feel like we've, yeah. we've kind of hit a point where we still be able to put out some shit. Um, so I might add up about us, but KB? Um, I we I knew that Jordan's father was murdered, but I never uh, went to do my own research about what the heck was going on during the situation. So to see the little, they dedicated like fifteen minutes to the whole case, um, and and the thing that blew me was uh, the media trying to spin it yeah. to make Jordan n- not a victim of his father being killed, but him being the reason that his father was killed because he did his gambling. And all mm-hmm. that stuff. Just, just, it's just like, I mean, I don't know if we've seen something crazy like that recently, but sh- we've always mentioned how the media is just like the worst. Like they're, the media is just yeah, they're really careless. They're, they they're don't really care. Careless. Like, um, like the TMZ stuff, right? TMZ reporting about Kobe's death before even Vanessa and the rest of the family even knew what the hell was going on. Like that, it's just a stain where people need to get these clicks. The clicks are so important, and they don't think about the people that they're writing about, or they don't think about the people that it can potentially impact. Like, like literally, Jordan is at the funeral of his father, and there's there's articles being posted. Like, is it really a coincidence? Like, come on, bro. That's that's just really fucked up. And then um, also with the baseball thing, right? Like, Sports Illustrated did the whole article about Jordan being ass at baseball. And then he said, I just never talked to them again. It's just like the media can really do some stuff that just like it's there's a big gap between the players and the media. And that's why you hit, get the moments of Russell Westbrook going off on the media because he may have seen a post that somebody made about him. You know what I'm saying? Like these people, again, they are at the top echelon of their of their craft, right? They are the best in the world at what they do. But at the end of the day, they're still also humans, right? You still should look at them as that. Uh, so that was that was really really crazy to me. Um, the other ones had to do with like the baseball, and y'all already talked about that. They're being uh, pushing his teammates. I like the made up story though about the guy um, saying nice game, Jordan. Like I had when Suzanne oh. asked me, like, like um, we were watching that, and she was like, "Who is that?" I was like, "I never heard of that man a day in my life. I've never heard of that man a day in my life." So I was thinking that Jordan's about to just end this man's career, the second game of his NBA career, and he, I guess he kind of did, right? Jordan came out and dropped forty-five plus on on his head after he gave Jordan thirty and clamped him up, and I had never heard of that man before. It's just like, is this the way it is? Is this the way it is? And lastly, my last thing had to do with that final series against Seattle. Um, and, and again, I was young at this point. What, what year are we talking about? This is 97. This is 1990. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even one years old, technically. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I don't know much about the series other than, hey, the Bulls won it. But the fact that George Carl, one of the better coaches of the last 30 years, had a defensive player of the year, is like, you know what? We don't want you on Jordan. We're going to have you on Steve Kerr. Now, I understand having him save his energy for the offensive side of the ball, 
But when you have a guy as defensively talented as Gary Payton, you put him on the GOAT and see what the hell happens. And you saw what happened. They won two. They won two immediately when Gary Payton. To his credit, the first couple of games he had his torch, though. Who was that? Gary Payton did? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, with your back against the wall, you put like, shit, let's just try anything new to try to get the spunk. Because what they went down 3 0, am I right? Yep. 3 0, yeah. 3 yeah. 0, we, we just trying some shit. Mm-hmm. So I, I get what you're saying. But I mean, at 3 0, you fuck around, put Sean Kemp at point guard. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, we just trying <laughs> try to get swept at this point. You know what I mean? We just trying to get swept. Yeah. I thought it was I just had never time. heard of that theory that they were talking about Jordan potentially was suspended from by David Stern yeah. uh, because of gambling. Oh, yeah. I had never heard of that before. Yeah, that's been a big theory. Um, the same with his his dad. They, they try to, like, tie it all together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, like, it's like KB said. Um, I don't know. Even when hearing these things, this documentary, again, it's, it's more informative when you see it, especially when you're hearing it from Jordan. It's just different. Like, even the Pippen thing. I had already heard the Pippen thing. Yeah. But just watching it and hearing them talk about it, just way different than reading it or having some mm-hmm. random person who knows some information to talk about it. It's just different. Um, you know, hearing his mom or the guy that was supposed to pick his dad up from the airport, those are things where an article can't tell you that, oh, I was supposed to pick mm-hmm. him up. He was golfing. We thought he just lost track of time. That shit that you just can't, they, they can't, they, they can't express that because they don't know mm-hmm. because they're not talking to the dude who was supposed to pick him up from the airport. They're just trying to talk to Michael Jordan. So that's why this documentary is always good. You know, even if you know some <clears throat> shit, it just gives you an added layer to make mm-hmm. things make more sense. I didn't, I didn't know about the idea of Jordan dead pulling over on the side of the road and all of that. That just makes shit more amplified for you mm-hmm. to be able to like, Oh, okay. And it just hits you in the chest to feel it. You can feel it when Jordan is talking about my dad just fucking died. And y'all trying to say, I got something to do with it because of me. Like, how, how dare you? Even if you, even if in the slightest word where you thought that, for you to be able to publicly put that out consistently, what type of person are you, bro? Like, what the fuck is that? That's my, I couldn't even imagine a journal, as a journalist, I'm feeling comfortable to even put that out. I couldn't. Right. Yeah. I couldn't. So, you know, um, my thing is, I think I had a little bit of everything that y'all said. Uh, I already talked about him just being in there, swinging the bat, the guard, mm-hmm. cigar, uh, judging a man off the, the, the character or not. I think we all picked up the competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Wait, wait, let me say another thing that I, I just thought was like a pretty dope thing. And like, I never really looked into it or really thought about it like that. But when he does come back and he's wearing the 45, like just mid-series, he goes back to 23 and he goes off. Like, right, I thought right. that was so I thought that was so dope. It would never be able to happen today. They would have a whole mm-hmm. political fucking breakdown. He can't do mm-hmm. that because we already printed 30 jerseys. That's what happened with LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron and right. Anthony Davis, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I took up, I also took, uh, and this is over the consistency of the documentary, is like, they're all of these dudes are the they're Hall of Famers. They're they're the competitors of competitors. We know Michael Jordan is the number one competitor and nobody like on him and Kobe's level, but they're all competitors. Even we got a competitive mm-hmm. fire and desire to not want to lose and call of duty or 2K or you know what I mean? We have the drive, but you take a Hall of Famer, that means that their drive is times a thousand. So for mm-hmm. all for for a lot of them to say the same thing, which was I'm fine losing to Jordan. It's mind blowing. 
It's mind blowing because like nobody's found losing, but they saying shit. He is so good that it down there ain't even nothing bad. Like, <laughs> right. Because like like we were just talking about with Gary Payton and Michael Jordan, Gary Payton they both had for first like what is it um first team all defenses they both had like nine of them or something like that. And Michael Jordan was just like, no, he he was no problem for me. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's killing a dude that's like <laughs> one of the best defenders of, in of all time. And Gary Payton reminded me so much of Patrick Beverly when he was doing all the talking. Like, yeah, when I was banging him up, for duh, 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 it just so much reminded me of Patrick Beverly, bro. Just a fucking. Man I can see that definitely in the ear, like, I, I, like just that's Patrick Beverly dead. He somehow, some way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, we got our last two. Next uh, weekend, uh, I hope they go out with a bang bang. Yeah. Uh, it's been super, super good. Um, and another thing that me and my dad was talking about was just like how many players that were so great and as Hall of Famers who never got a chance to win because of Michael Jordan, like yeah. and that bro. And that's why I said when he had left like the first time, that's literally like he gave the other players a chance to win. And that's how who was a Hakeem and Clyde got their ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He literally just left the door open for other people. That's how good he was. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, I look at Jordan, I say, without a doubt, he can play in today's mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah. Are there are there any players, and this could be tough because it's off the top of y'all, the top of the dome, um, from that time and this time that can reverse roles? So, for example, Charles I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Mitch Richmond and Bradley Beal. You could swap them out and they would just- – Hey, no lie, no lie. When they oh. were saying, uh, when they were talking about that, uh, the the first Bulls team where Jordan had left and Scotty was bringing the team together because he's playing like team ball and everything, it just reminded me of that Miami Heat, like and him being that Jimmy Butler. Like, say say that series, it's just like totally, it's the 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 new current series. Instead of it's the Bulls against the Knicks, it's the the Heat against whoever. Like, I'm okay if, if I'm a coach, I'm okay with being like, you know what, Jimmy, let Tyler Hero get this shot because he's just he's the better shot maker, for, especially for that shot. And, you know, they talked that whole they talked about that, uh, that whole season. Scotty kind of really became that man, but he was still basically, you know, playing through his teammates for the most part. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Scotty, man. Shout out to Scotty. Mm-hmm. But no, that was just something because I, I see, I can see Jordan playing in today's era. So it made me think of like, What's some players that can play in in, in, in both two, eras? In, because it's it's two different eras. But so the player to play right, in yeah. both is is it, ridiculous. And it, and I'm not talking about like just like insinuate like oh Isaiah, you know, we're gonna put this guy in this era and we're gonna mm-hmm. pretend that he's gonna adapt. Now I'm just talking about like flat out from a skill perspective. Right. You don't have to insinuate yeah. nothing. I mean. We know Mitch Richmond would get in this era and play basketball. He can shoot, score, and that's all he – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first um, main name that came to my mind was Charles Barkley. His skill set was, like, something this league uses now. Small ball five that can shoot occasionally, play make, play down low. Yeah. So he beat um, it. I, I would just think – and this can be very, like – generic but a lot of those great shooters I, I think they would just obviously be a lot better because they would be able to get up more threes you know like yeah. players like del curry he probably yeah. might be taking eight to ten threes on a current team you know right yeah. yep even reggie miller reggie miller will be hmm? shooting edge facts facts uh 
this is not too far along, but I made a tweet about Brad Miller being pretty good in today's basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> Uh, just because, man, he was a great three-point shooter, but he never attempted over one and a half threes a game. Can you imagine now? He had good-ass vision. He was a bruising body. He can knock down the three. Like, he was a two-time All-Star in his career. Like, in that time, I can't imagine, bro. I can't imagine him taking five to six threes a game. He'd be pretty right. damn good. He'd be pretty damn good. Could y'all imagine? I don't know. I don't know if y'all ever really seen, like, the um, Sabonis is there. Our Divas Sabonis, or however you pronounce his first name, but obviously he was like a dude, kind of like Jokic, Jokic in sort of a yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if his like his athleticism kind of takes some takes him out of it because I think about how fast paced the, the current NBA is now. The only problem or maybe about he works himself into it like Jokic. Yeah, is that he he played or he came over? He was already like thirty years old. He's like a very yeah, old and then player. he had like knee problems too. Yeah, he was, like he was I know he had some type of injuries. And then even then, he was still really damn good at his old age mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. I can see Brad Miller being like a Kelly Olynyk, damn near. A yeah, better yeah. version though. Yeah, a better version. Even like Tony Kukoc, I know he was bad defensively back then, but offensively he's he fits exactly what this NBA wants a stretch five. Yeah. Stretch five. You big. Four. <laughs> Stretch four. Four, 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 four. 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 Yeah. My four. bad. My bad. Four. Four playmaking ability. But I feel like now. Hey. Now he will all right. How about five. this? How he about was too this? Thin. He was thin as hell, bro. Or anybody that's mm-hmm. going to five around, you gotta have some type of solid. <laughs> how about this? What if you're if you're the Rockets GM, and you could pick two more players from the historic and not like superstar, like you're not going to pick Jordan, but just two players to fit the role of the Rockets. Like you need somebody who could defend almost every position. They got a shot. Like who are you picking up? Does any names come to mind? What era? Um, the current, you're, it's the current era. I'm picking guys. So you want no, me no, no. So look, like basically what you're saying, right? But who, who could fit in today with the Rockets style? As in like, a three or a four. Like 90s Any, it, or yeah, nineties or eighties. Basically, what we was talking about from the, those type of eighties. Eighties is a little too premature for me. All right. Uh, there's a guy by the name of of. Uh, hold up, I don't even want to say him yet because I think I can. <laughs> you said not like stars, or you? Yeah, you I want to say stars. stars right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I want to go stars, like the obvious stars. Okay, so what the Rockets like to do is they like to spread your ass out. Pause. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they like to go one-on-one, kick out, run up and down, play a little fast. Mm-hmm. So when I think about that, um, one of the guys that come to mind, he played uh, He played for the Blazers. His name is Cliff Robinson. Cliff Robinson. I know exactly what you're talking about. A stretch four, way above his time. Mm-hmm. So I could see Cliff Robinson playing at that type of role. I don't know how good defensively he would be, mm-hmm. but just from a, 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 a offensive standpoint, <clears throat> with that, I think he would be good. Um, I'm trying to think of like wings because a lot of times in, in the '90s, the wings were so was yeah. so star driven. I don't really know who, and they weren't shooting threes, so it's hard to say. Well, like, yeah, that's gonna say because I, I have some players that I know that like were kind of like role players, and it's not not that I know their game completely. I know like. You, you know who Tyrone Hill is? I think he played with that uh that Warriors team. Yeah. Play with Steve like, play with Allen Iverson with the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. Like that I wanna say that he he would be able to make it, but I feel like a lot of those hustle guys just like they don't have that skill set, you know? 
Yeah, I don't. I, I Tyrone Hill wouldn't be a guy that would <laughs> come to mind just because. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't because he would be just like a center to me for them. He would just right. be a center. Uh, at that point, yeah. he might keep fucking Clint Capella. <laughs> yeah. Um. What about yeah, Robert Ory. I thought about Robert Ory. Robert Ory would be very good. He played for the Rockets as well, too. Robert Ory would be real good. Hell, um, Robert Ory could fit a lot of teams. If we being honest, yeah. I mean that's why he he got so many rings, right? He just fit. He just fit where he was. Um, yeah, Robert Ory would be a nice one. Uh, Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones could fit there. I can see Eddie Jones playing off of uh. Harden and, and <laughs> knock it down shots. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that that. I'm trying to think. Also with the uh, maybe Sean Kemp. Maybe you put Sean Kemp at the five for them. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking too. That he's just he's probably just a five in today's NBA. There's no reason to put him at the four. Um, Big body knocking people over. Hell, cool coach. Put cool coach at the four for them. He. That's all you're gonna hear. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, that, that was that. Y'all ready for the game, though? Yeah, I'm ready for. I'm, I'm yeah. very interested to see. To, to see, I tried to make. I tried to not make it too easy or too uh too much of a thing. Do, do we have a Do we have a way that we could uh that we can make this who who random as who goes first? I don't think uh, it matters. Rock paper scissors. Just think. Think of a number, P. I'll think of a number. I'll think of a number. Y'all can throw them out. One through ten, I'm thinking of a number. Three, five. six. I said five. I'm waiting for KB number. Uh, three. He's first. Uh, the number was three. So he's first. He you have Derek have second. Okay. Derek second. I'm third. All right. So who wants to be a Jordan there? Question number one. How many numbers did he wear? Three. You sure? Without my guess, without my uh, A, B, or C. Four, because Team USA, four. Ding, da, 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 da. I shouldn't have said oh. shit. <laughs> four. Uh, so we got one for KB. D Mills, how many kids does Michael Jordan have? A, two, B, three, C, four, D, five. B. B. That is wrong. Mike, would you like to steal? Um, I'm going to go with C. Four. Mm-hmm. That is wrong as well. The correct answer was D five. Jordan has five kids. Dang. Um, I only know about the two boys. You getting busy? Trying to raise a basketball team. Yeah, that's something I didn't try to. I only knew the boys, and he did. They did something where he had a daughter on that. So oh, he got three kids, but then I did my research. He got five. Mike Michael Jordan is the only player to win what two awards in the same season? A MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. B Rookie of the Year and Scoring Champ. C, scoring champ and defensive player of the year. D, defensive player of the year and finals MVP. Mm, I'm going to go with C, scoring champ, and what was it, defensive player correct. of the year? You are correct. I think you just went with C because it was C. But, yes, Michael Jordan is the only player to win scoring champ and defensive player of the year. No, nah, scoring champ, you giving somebody buckets and also being the best defender yeah. in the league, that shit sound like some Michael Jordan shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, back to KB. He's made all NBA first team how many times? A nine, B seven, C eleven, D ten. Uh, okay. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is wait, say the options again. Um A nine B seven C eleven and D ten. A incorrect. D Mills, would you like to steal? Man. Yes. You said all NBA first team, right? Yeah. Yes. I hope you ain't over there doing no Googles. <laughs> no, no, my hands up. My hands, I'm good. No, um, I'm gonna say 11. Wrong. The correct answer was 10. He's made 10 all NBA Damn. first team. Um, so just to re- recap, Mike and KB have one, Derek, you have none. Yep, correct. Yeah, D Mills in college, Michael Jordan majored in what a scientific artifacts, <laughs> B cultural geography, C. Journalism or D, physical therapy? Journalism. Uh, wrong. Mike, would you like to physical? Answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with physical therapy. Wrong. He uh, majored in D, cultural geography. He just got an easy degree. That's what that tell me. Uh, he, he did go back and finish it, so that motherfucker must be easy. Anytime I'm going to that shit easy. Uh, Mike, in nineteen in the nineteen ninety two Olympics, what brand did Jordan cover up on the warm ups? Was it A Adidas, B Reebok, C Champion, or D Converse? Uh, C yep. Champion. What? Oh, was, no. I, I can't remember what it was. I can remember it was one of them. I can't remember one of them. I knew which one. We see. I cannot remember. That was an easy one, man. That was a that was an easy. <laughs> that was one. Was, it's Reebok. Correct. Yeah, I knew it was one of those two. KB has two. Uh, KB, it is back to you. Mm-hmm. What shoes were Jordan wearing in the original Jumpman photo? Was it A, Converse? Was it B, Adidas? Was it C, Reebok? Or was it D, New Balance? So the Jordan logo that we see on the Jordan Converse. shoes. Wrong. D, Mills, you can steal. Would you like to hear the answer? What are the options? The yeah. options were uh, A, Converse, B, Adidas, C, Reebok, or D, New Balance? Reeboks? Wrong. The correct answer was New Balance. He was wearing New Balance. Um, man. D Mills, come on, man. You got to get on the board. You ain't got none right. What happened? <laughs> no. We got about <laughs> one, two, three, four. We got about five more, man. Come on. Uh, in 1990, Jordan shot one of the worst three-point contest performances ever. <laughs> And he ended with how much? A, three, B, one, C, five, or D, six? Damn, if you need me to repeat it, you know. I know this one. What did you say? Oh, he said three. Three. Three, wrong. Mike, still it. <laughs> what are the other options again? I, heard, oh, I know one man. is six. D is six, C is five, B is one, and A is three. So I'm gonna go with one. I'm gonna five. go with one. Wrong. The correct answer one. is five. Come on, I knew that one. That was the one I should have been able to steal, bro. I knew that one. Uh, <laughs> on Mike, now? Yeah, we're on Mike. Yeah, on Mike. Uh, what team did MJ never beat in the playoffs? Mike, this is a chance to tie KB at least for a second, unless he's <sighs> next one right. A, the 76ers. B, the Celtics. C, the Miami Heat. Or D, the Milwaukee Bucks. What team did he never beat in the playoffs? It'd be the Celtics. Correct, Mike. Uh, you have two now. 
Contreo, who was Uze's <laughs> idol in high school? Was it A, Dr. J, B, Clyde Drexler, three, Magic Johnson, or D, Will Chamberlain? The doctor. Oh, that's such a good guess, but it's wrong. Oh, I thought it was him. Damn. So what were the other options? Uh, yes, a, I thought it was Dr. J. B is Clyde Drexler, C is Magic Johnson, and D is Will Chamberlain. I'll go Will. Wrong, man. It was Magic Johnson. They called him Magic Jordan in high school because he loved Magic. Um, I feel like Magic Magic timeline was like the thing that fit the most, though, you know? Because Clyde, didn't they both see him in at like the same, hey, same I time? I thought Dr. J did because Dr. J played in his early 70s. Yeah, Dr. J is a great guest because he would have came up mm. watching Dr. J. Yeah. Um, we're down our last two. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna make a break because KB and Mike are two D meals. This won't mean shit for you unless Mike. <laughs> um, Michael Jordan led the league in scoring for how many consecutive years? A seven, B six, C ten, or D four? Damn. It's on me. No, it's on Derek. Oh, um. I'm going to go... If you need to hear it again, let me know. Yeah, give me the options again. Okay, so listen close. A, seven years. B, six years. C, ten years. Or D, four years. Seven. Oh, Man. you motherfucker. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh. well, that shit is just crazy to think about, that he led the lead for seven years straight. Yeah. Crazy. That shit is wild. So, game on the line. Question number 12, make or break. Mike going to choke it. He going to choke it. Over. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I don't have no other question like for a tiebreaker. Mike going to choke it. Uh, I'm good. How many all-star appearances did Jordan have? A, 14. B, 11. C, 16. Or D, 13. If you need to hear it again, I'm more than welcome. I'll be happy to, to, to say it again. I'm going to go with 16. That is wrong. Give me the options. Give me the options again. How many all-star appearances did Jordan have? A, 14, 11, C, 16, or D, 13? For the game. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So... I don't care how many times you need me to repeat it, I will. If you need me to repeat it, I will. <laughs> 13 and 14 are both options. That's all I need to know, right? Yes. It's be, I, I, and 11. It's, be, it's between one of them. 11 is too damn little. I mean, he dominated the 90s. He spent two years out of the 90s, right? 14. Yeah. 14 is correct. Woo! Dang. Good shit. I knew Mike was going to choke it. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that was a good last question, though. That was because his dad did, question. yeah, because he he skipped some year or he left the league some, so you got to take those into account. Yeah, and then I, if I'm not mistaken, let me see. I had Jordan put it right here. Um, yeah, Jordan came in the league as an all star. Yeah, rookie was an all star. It was basically every Damn. year, right? Every year, other than that year, he came back late. 
Literally yeah. every year of his career, except for the year he came back late. Even when he was fucking 39 years old, he was an all-star. Mm-hmm. He's still going to be an all-star. No, 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 no. no, no. Wasn't, that, wasn't that when Vince Carter gave him his starting spot? That year, he only played 18 games. It was an all-star. For he real. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I wanted to end with that one because um, I just felt like the all-star thing is something you in your mind would be like, damn, it's something I can guess. It ain't nothing too. It ain't like how many kids he got. It's something that you would have been able to guess. So it's not too easy, not too hard. But yeah, who wants to be a Jordanaire? You know what I mean? I like that. Through the wire. Um, news: We had we, we got our first international prospect to enter the uh, the uh, G League situation. Uh, Kai or K Soto from the Philippines, mm-hmm. seven two center. Uh, gonna sign with the G League, so that was dope. And then. The NBA are sending out ballots for guys or teams to vote for players to be in the combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Everything is pushed back, so we don't know what it will be or w- w- how it will happen. But uh, they will vote for players still. And when uh, when it's all figured out, we'll be able to have a, a combine. So that's all the news that I have other than the Michael Jordan stuff. It's been a real, real fun episode with y'all talking to MJ. Congrats to KB, <laughs> Jordan Air. Um, I'm like, what the hell I do? I I think the, I want to say the, I don't know if it's the seventh or eighth. I know this partnered series or like this partnered episodes are my favorite. Do y'all feel the same way or y'all feel like one of the previous episodes was better? Uh, I think episode one or two. I like, yeah, I like some of the previous ones. They they definitely get better as they go because Mm -hmm. it's just more informative. Um, but I would probably say, this one of these two and then the other one where we talked about the shoes yeah. and also just like the er- early when they had the music and the highlights and it first came on you know mm-hmm. what I mean that that was just cause I ain't no joke <laughs> <laughs> no the Dennis Robin episode was my favorite that makes sense yeah I, I mess with that episode heavily next week is the last week man then we Gotta watch the Undertaker documentary. Oh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, they having a little documentary if, if guys are baseball guys that are, that's gonna be a, a nice. Um, bring them all out. We gotta start shooting this uh through the wire doc. Facts. Facts. Play love. Facts. Peace and love to all the fans for rocking with us though. Hope y'all enjoyed this episode. We will see y'all Saturday. Be smooth. Be cool. Uh, tomorrow, y'all come through on Instagram. All the people that's watching this, I know y'all bored. Wednesday Night Live on Instagram with your boy Pee Wee the Plug. Pee Wee the Plug, 828 on Instagram. Come through. We talking whatever y'all want to talk about. We out. Through the wire.